You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. The voice you heard is of the unmistakable Bill Curtis. Curtis's voice is so clear and distinct that he was asked by Judd Apatow, Adam McKay, and Will Ferrell to read the introduction for the movie Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Burgundy was a comedic amalgam designed to stand in for the classic local news anchorman of the 1960s and 1970s. Detroit's Mort Krim was reportedly the inspiration for Burgundy, but Miami had its own local news legend. And to me, he's the man that most closely represents the ideal local news anchor. That man's name was Ralph Rennick. From the Television News Center of the South, here's today's Florida News Picture. That silky smooth voice delivered the news to Miami for decades. WTBJ's news director, Ralph Rennick, reporting the news. For nearly four decades, if it was news and it was South Florida, it was Ralph Rennick. He was such a trusted voice in the Miami community that when Walter Cronkite retired and Dan Rather took over the CBS Evening News anchor chair, Ralph Rennick was flown to New York to do an ad with Rather to air on WTVJ, the home of Ralph Rennick and Miami CBS affiliate. This is Ralph Rennick. When all eyes focus on the economy, social security, or the rising crime rate, more South Floridians reach for the facts on the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. They know that Dan's experience is backed by a solid team of professionals. And in South Florida, when it's news, Channel 4 News is there, live from Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and all throughout Dade County in the Florida Keys. So start your evening with the Ralph Rennick Report at 6. Followed at 6.30 by the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. That's the kind of pull Ralph Rennick had. He could make or break your national anchor. And that's just the way it was, day after day, week after week, and year after year. Until one day, like the sun refusing to rise in the east, Ralph Rennick signed off for the final time. There wasn't much pomp and circumstance. It was rather unexpected for most of his audience. So why? Why would someone with this kind of influence, this kind of impact on Miami, just quit? Well, the simple answer is power. The more complicated answer is family and workplace dynamics. We'll explore all that today. This day in Miami history. April 10th, 1985. 
the day that Ralph Rennick walked away from the Ralph Rennick Report to run for governor. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Even though Rennick was a Miami institution, he actually wasn't born in Miami. As many Miamians, he was born in New York, the oldest child of Ralph Apperson Rennick I and Rosalie Dwyer. The marriage would ultimately produce three children, but wasn't destined to last long. Here's Richard Dick Rennick, Ralph Rennick's brother, to talk about how his mother and his brothers wound up in the Magic City. Father and mother uh, became uh, separated and finally divorced. I was, I was born up in the Bronx, New York, back on October 14th, 1930. So mother came down in a 1936 Cadillac convertible all the way to Miami and uh, to grandma's house who lived out in Hialeah, Florida. And at that, that time... Dick Rinnick, who was interviewed there by the village of Pinecrest for its oral history project, had his own significant impact on South Florida's history. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But the Rennicks arrive in Miami and begin to establish themselves very quickly. Richard Rennick serves in the Army. Dick Rennick attends the University of Miami. But it's the elder Rennick, Ralph, who appears destined for greatness. His first known contribution to local Miami news was published in The Miami News on July 24, 1944. It was a letter to the editor proposing the creation of a second American Global Legion to support veterans of World War II fighting in Europe and in Asia. Heavy stuff for a Ralph Rennick just shy of his 16th birthday. He would serve as editor of his high school paper, the St. Mary Star of St. Mary Cathedral School, and then attend the University of Miami, where his focus would pivot slightly from print to broadcasting. Rennick would become the radio reporter for the Miami Hurricane student newspaper and be intimately involved as one of 15 students to help launch the first radio studio on the University of Miami's campus. It wasn't a radio station, but programming produced there would appear on WQAM, one of, if not the largest station in town. He graduated from UM in 1949, having already established himself as one of the best-known voices in South Florida radio. But something was going to come along that would change his life and change the direction of communication in South Florida forever. 
In July 1949, the recently graduated Rennick received the H.V. Kaltenborn Scholarship. The $2,000 fellowship, equivalent to about $24,000 today, was designed to educate students in areas of broadcasting. Rennick decided to use the time and money to work with University of Miami Radio Department Chair Sidney W. Head and conduct experimental broadcasts in television. When people say Ralph Rennick invented South Florida local news, it's not really a turn of phrase. It's not really an honorific. It's quite literally what he did. His work with Head at the University of Miami helped bring television to South Florida. And of course, he became the face and the voice associated with it most strongly. Rennick was a pioneer waiting to happen. But every pioneer needs someone to stake the journey. Enter Colonel Mitchell Wolfson. Wolfson was a businessman. He started working in his father's business, East Coast Wholesale Corp., but eventually struck out with his brother-in-law, Sidney Meyer, to form the Wolfson Meyer Theater Company, what came to be known as Wometco. Wometco was a classic conglomerate. It owned all kinds of businesses, including a large chain of theaters, a soft drink bottling franchise, tourist attractions including the Miami Seaquarium, and a series of television companies and networks, including WTVJ in Miami. Well, Mr. Wilson, I have never heard the answer to this question. Why did you begin WTVJ? Why did you initiate television in this state? Well, Ralph, as you probably have heard, I uh, was engaged for a while in fact, two and a half years in World War II. And I saw then that modern civilization depended on communications. And I made up my mind when I got back to the States and got back to private industry and interest that I would engage our company in some form of communications. In 1949, Wolfson was ready to make his move to television, and Rinnick was the perfect person to lead the way. A little lanky, a little nerdy, but a solid sense for news, and a voice of absolute gold. Dade County Commissioners today turned down several requests for continued use of county property for an alcoholic rehabilitation center. Even though Wolfson already had two sons, he saw Rennick as a kind of son figure and empowered him at WTVJ, eventually making him not only the anchor of the nightly news, but the managing editor and he made sure that Rennick reported directly to him, not to a general manager in the middle. No other anchor in America had the kind of relationship and the kind of power that Ralph Rennick had at WTVJ. And what Rennick chose to do with that power was truly transformative. He got the kind of interviews local anchors could only dream of, sitting with Fidel Castro and Nikita Khrushchev in 1959. Just like he had at the University of Miami, he worked to push technological boundaries, guiding WTVJ to electronic news gathering and videotape away from film, and helping to create the first truly mobile live truck to help deliver local news from around the South Florida community to the WTVJ viewer. But of course, there was one innovation that stood out beyond all the others. It was Rennick's Daily Editorial. Inaugurated in 1957, Rennick would use time at the end of the broadcast to advocate for a position, Sometimes this was done for the purposes of good government, like when he worked to get like when he worked to get Melvin Reese restored to the position of City of Miami City Manager 
when he was dismissed from that position originally in 1961. Sometimes it was done to build attention to a cause that he thought was important, like in 1966 when, according to University of Tennessee Associate Professor of Journalism Paul Ashdown, he used 66 consecutive weeknight editorials to bring attention to crime in Miami-Dade County. And sometimes he would use the editorial to gently chastise the audience, like in 1982, when some elected officials and some members of the general public worked to keep filming of the movie Scarface out of Miami-Dade County. By April of 1985, Ralph Rennick had amassed more money and had more power in South Florida than he could have ever imagined while roaming the halls of the University of Miami in 1949. So why did he leave? There's a personal reason and a professional reason. The professional reason is WTVJ wasn't quite what it used to be. Colonel Mitchell Wolfson Sr. died in January 1983. By September of that year, the controlling interests of Wimetco would be sold to Kohlberg, Kravitz, and Roberts, or KKR. The old WTVJ was no more, and gone with it was the special relationship that Rennick had between himself and the station owner. Rennick used to be seen as family by the station ownership. Now, he was just another budget line item, and a rather large one at that. But as I said, the second reason was much more personal, and to me, much more interesting. As I mentioned before, Rennick had two brothers, Dick Rennick and Robert Rennick. Robert Rennick served as an educator and then, for 25 years, as a member of the school board of Miami-Dade County. While he was still serving, the Robert Rennick Educational Center was open in Miami Gardens, marking the first time an active school board member had a school named after them. The honor and his length of service on the school board is a testament to his electoral success within Miami-Dade County. Dick Rennick never served on the school board, but he had electoral success too. He served in both the Florida House of Representatives and the Florida State Senate. Five years in the Florida House, four years in the Florida Senate District 40, and then two more years in the Florida Senate District 39. Voters liked him, and he turned that opportunity into power. When Dick Rennick died in January of 2022, flags in the state were lowered to half-mast in honor. Ralph Rennick was the oldest, best-known, and best-liked of the three Rennick brothers, but he had never faced the voters. And, since he had the popularity, or so he thought, why wouldn't he take a stab at governor to attempt to grab the biggest elected office that Florida could offer? And so, on April 10th, 1985, Ralph Rannick made the announcement, live on WTVJ. Well, I can tell you tonight, I have made up my mind. It is my decision, effective tonight, to step down 
as vice president and news director of WTVJ and also relinquish my duties as newscaster editorialist on this program. Rennick acknowledged during this broadcast that there was an effort to draft him into the governor's race. But he told his audience he wasn't committing to it yet. He wanted to take time to investigate. But as he walked off the stage that night at WTVJ's broadcast headquarters, he was handed a bumper sticker that said, Elect Ralph Rennick for governor. The writing was on the wall. Ralph would run. But Rennick had two major problems in his campaign for governor. The first was that he was nursing an injury. Literally a month before the farewell broadcast, Rennick had fallen while skiing on a family vacation in Switzerland. Now, it wasn't like there weren't politicians who had never won a race without a broken arm before, but as a first-time politician with a need to raise money and travel around the state to see as many people as possible and to shake as many hands as possible, this injury did prove an impediment to his ability to do the job. The second problem was, though, while he was huge in Miami, he was not huge everywhere else. He was very well known for a local news anchor, but he was not a statewide figure per se. And there were other statewide figures running for office who were known in Miami and Tampa and Orlando and Jacksonville and Tallahassee. Ralph Rennick had gambled his career in order to pursue the governor's office. He would drop out of the race within six months. Today, I am officially notifying the Secretary of State's office that I am closing my campaign account and withdrawing as a candidate for Governor of Florida. Raising the $4 million needed to run for governor is a task he says he underestimated. He was a few dollars short. He raised only 48000 Catherine Couric, News 4. Two important things there. One, Rennick raised $48,000. The target number he needed to run for governor effectively was $4 million. Ultimately, he wasn't even close. He thought that he would be able to bring his skills and his notoriety into the race and overwhelm the competition. But news is not politics. And he learned that lesson the hard way. Second, the reporter covering that story you'll notice was Catherine Couric. And if you're curious, yes, that was Katie Couric reporting on the dropping out of Ralph Rennick for WTVJ. Her only time spent outside of Washington, D.C. or national news was two years as a general assignment reporter for Channel 4. After dropping out, Ralph would return to local news, but it wouldn't be with WTVJ. Remember, there was new ownership there, and they were eager to move on. He wound up signing with WCIX, which is now WFOR, for only his commentary. That section of their evening news they called, of course, the Ralph Rennick Report. It was a multi-year contract inked in 1988, but Ralph's health was failing. And by 1990, he stepped away again, this time for good. Rennick's liver was failing. And on July 11, 1991, at Cedars Medical Center in Miami, Ralph Rennick died. He was 62. Rennick's legacy was so much larger than his race for governor. It was decades and decades of being a trusted voice that South Floridians turned to in the worst times. And every night, he would end his broadcast the same exact way. And I think it's a great way to leave this discussion of Rennick, too. 
See you at 11. For now, good night. May the good news be yours. Good night, and may the good news be yours. Good night, and may the good news be yours, and hopefully mine. If you've been following along on social media, I, I mentioned that there'd be something exciting with this particular podcast episode. We have finished one yearly circuit, getting back to April of this day in Miami history, and I'm very excited about that. So much so that I am uh, officially launching the This Day in Miami History merch shop. You will be able to buy goods there with the This Day in Miami History logo on it, but what I'm really excited about is I'm going to try, as often as I can, to include episode-specific merchandise. This episode's merchandise? The Elect Ralph Rennick for Governor bumper sticker. I was able to lovingly recreate it and post it on our shop. Uh, the logo is also available on a t-shirt, on a mug, and all kinds of different stuff. So so do head over. I'll include the link to that on Twitter and Facebook uh, so you can check out the wares. And if you want to support the podcast and get some cool historical stuff out of it, I gotta say that I can't think of a better way to do it than that. However, the best way to support the podcast, as always, is to make sure you like, subscribe, review, and rate on your preferred podcast provider. And thank you very much to those of you who have already done that and who are subscribed to hear the next episode next month. I do want to take a moment and even more than usual, thank the Wolfson Archive at Miami-Dade College for the treasure trove of video that they make available. The Ralph Rennick collection is housed there. And so basically, if you want to see video of Rennick doing the news, that's where you go. This episode could not have happened without their specific resource. So thank you. Uh, that will conclude our episode today. Again, as always, thank you so much for listening. And in case you don't know, I've been Matthew Bunch. And may the good history be yours. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.